Hello and welcome to episode 112 of the Massive Attack Podcast. I'm Joe and with me as always in Melbourne is Mitch. G'day. And we have had a little bit more of a break than we normally do because we've been tossing up a bit of a change to the format of the podcast. I think people were getting a little bit bored. And when I say people, I mean we were getting a little bit bored with the whole talking about what we've been doing, mainly because there hasn't really been a lot going on lately. It's hard to get into anything or no. do anything because we're not allowed to leave the house. Exactly. But that's probably easing now in Melbourne, just as we're about to change our format. But we decided we have more fun when we do our Welcome to Our World style episodes where we pick a topic and talk about it. So we thought we might try and, for the time being, stick to just little topic episodes unless we've got something really major that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. So being the fact that it is Halloween on the weekend, we thought we'd start our first one off and we'd watch... A classic Halloween episode from the past. Classic. Well, have you looked up the word classic in <laughs> I have, mm. but I also looked on the internet and found a lot of listings of the best Halloween episodes from the 80s and beyond. And this little title came up quite a few times. So I thought, it sounds quirky enough for us to talk about. So we gave it a go. So uh, this Give week, it quirky. Classic? Still... Okay. Try and convince me. You've got an episode to convince me. All right. Well, we watched a little short film from 1981 called The Crown of Bog. Now, I had never seen this before, and I don't know about you. I'm assuming you hadn't seen this before either. Never heard of it until you mentioned it. But obviously Halloween was never a really big thing in the 80s here in Australia. Like, I don't remember Halloween becoming anything until – Probably mid-2000s, so yeah, Yeah. the last decade. Exactly. And now you go into the shops at Halloween, there's chocolates and candies and lollies and everything everywhere and decorations for your house, and people are actually making a bit of an effort. But back when I was a kid, I think Halloween came and went and no one really cared about it unless you were watching something on telly that was a Halloween episode. And most of the time we were so far behind with everything on telly, we'd get them in February or whatever, and we'd be like, oh, yeah, this is the Halloween. Mm. But so it was a magical little... thing. You'd watch the Facts of Life or Family Ties and they'd have a Halloween episode with these amazing costumes. Or you watch E.T. and they're getting around in their costumes and trick-or-treating. We never did it. It was no. just not done until the 2000s. Definitely the 2000s was when you would see trick-or-treaters. And, mm. yeah, it was just it was just a random thing. It's like I, I used to read my comics when I was young. and Even before I got into comics, I had comics. If that makes sense, I wasn't a collector when I was younger, but even the ads were magical. So you'd read these storylines with Spider-Man or whatever in it, but then there'd be ads for these toys or sea monkeys or something that we just never got because they well, weren't I available had, here. I had sea monkeys as a kid, but I was sorely disappointed. Like well, I looked at those ads in the comics and I saw those little were the naked, people with the arms and the people. faces, yeah. and yeah, the mm-hmm. king had his crown on, and I yeah. got them, and they were just like these little things floating around in the water. But even Spider-Man and Hulk underoos. We didn't have underoos here. We had underpants, jocks, <laughs> but we didn't get Spider-Man or Hulk ones. So yeah, the, this whole I had this. I coveted this American culture because it was it was in front of me in two dimensions, either in comics or on television or in movies. It was never real. God, it was exciting. Mm. Mm. Anyway. And then along came the crown of bog. So speaking of things that are exciting. Now, I grew up in Scotland, and bog means something completely different. 
So in Scotland, what's above, it mean to you? Like is, is it a muddy area, yeah? Well, yes, it is a muddy area, but yeah, also yeah. in Scotland, colloquially, the bog is the toilet. Well, colloquially, and, in Australia, a bog is a turd. Yes, so. it was confusing <laughs> for me when I first moved to Australia and people were like, I'm going to go and have a bog. And it's like, don't you mean you're going to the bog? Anyway, beyond the point. But The Crowd of Bog was a, a TV short. It goes for about 28 minutes, I think it is. It's on YouTube. It's also on archive.org if you're really interested. So it, must mean, it, it, properly. Yeah, yeah. it must mean that it's a classic if it's on archive.org. But Everything's it, on archive.org. It was the creation of Paul Fusco, whose name might mean something to some people because he went on to be the voice and creator of ALF a little bit after this. And it's puppets kind of living out a bit of a adventure. But the premise is a, a king decides that he's going to hand the crown over to his son. So King Mould decides that he's going to – sorry, King Mildew decides that he's going to give his crown to Prince Milo, who is voiced by Paul Fusco. And they realize that there's like a contender to the crown that comes along and says, like, you can't do it. I want to be the king sort of thing. Because, like Black Panther, yeah. Yeah, because at first – well, it's very much like Black Panther. When I was watching it, I was thinking, oh, it's just like Black Panther. But <laughs> – uh, initially, Milo's not sure if he's ready to be king. And then as he's... I just sort of, can't wait to be king. Sorry. Well, you say that, but the songs in this were nowhere near as good as a Disney movie. Wait, so Elton didn't write these? No. Oh. Well, speaking of writing, it is written, speaking of Muppets as well, it's written, co-written by Paul Fusco and a guy called Tony Basilicato, who actually mm-hmm. wrote the first Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Well, this they look like they're not Muppets. They've got nothing no. to do with Hanson, right? No. But you just, could swear they, they've they obviously seen the Muppets. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people saw the Muppets and thought, I can be puppeteers and make their own puppets. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, so Milo decides that he doesn't want to be king. Two other Muppets come along and they're – Wants a gap year. Yeah, that's what he wants. It must be. So, Vandal is his name and his son Vandred – and they're also voiced by the two main characters as well, because pretty small cast in this movie. Yep. And they decide that they should be king. And somehow they come up with this bet that if someone can find the, the real crown of Bog, the first person to get it gets to be the king of the kingdom. Oh, it's his brother, you know, so he has a right to it. It's very, well, that's true. It's, it's very kind Black of Game Panther. of Thronesy, maybe. Very Black Panther. <laughs> so he has a right to the throne. He's done the challenge. They talk to the three wise men. Now, it's very Fraggle Rock. Like I, that's what caves. I thought as well. I think it predates Fraggle Rock, so yes. maybe they may have stolen from the Muppets, but the Muppets may have stolen back. I don't know. Yeah, so they go to the wise men and they consult the book, because all these, you know, fantasy stories have that. There's a prophecy, there's a this, whatever. So the rules of the challenge are there, yes, so they bring up that the crown has a curse on it. No, they don't find out the big curse yet. Forget I said the curse, but the crown has gone missing. It's gone to the, to the top of the world, or, the, you know, the, the surface world. Yep. And whoever retains it can become king. So he's on the challenge. So the challenge is on for that. Now, the three wise men or whatever they want to be, the elders, whoever they consulted, it's the Marx Brothers. It's a Muppet yes. version of the Marx Brothers. A badly done one and not very funny, but yes, they've, they've, that's what they did. So they agreed to the rules. So I don't know who runs this place. Is it a kingdom or is it, you know, there's this the wise men or whatever, they, they adhere to the rules or the king has to adhere to the rules of these men. Anyway. So the game is afoot. They must get the crown back. So off they head to the surface world to look for the crown of Bog. Yes, and they find it in a museum. 
And it just oh, so happens... Just find a museum. It's Halloween. Well, they, exactly. That's what I was going to say. So they come up to the surface world and they find out that it is actually Halloween and there's all kids dressed in costumes. And the first lot of humans that they come across think that, you know, the king, King Mildew and his, his Prince Milo are kids in costumes. And they're like, oh, man, how good are your costumes sort of thing. And it was 1981. Costumes were shit back then. Not yes. like now. No. So that, they were very good costumes. They would have been if they weren't real. Yeah. And they they go into the museum and they and they sort of look there and go, oh, this is the crown. This is, you know, where it is sort of thing. And as they're doing it, some professor in the in the museum comes over and tells them, the, you kids aren't allowed to come in here and touch my wares. And mm. by the way, you've also got very good costumes. And then she kind of clicks and goes, well, Hang your on, costumes. They look familiar. Yeah, your costumes look mm remarkably like the uh, pictures that I have on this scroll that was found with this crown. And that's where we find out that there is a curse on the crown. Yes. She read through the annals about the bog. Yes. Mm. And as, as it turns out that, yeah, whoever tries to take the crown could be cursed. If you touch the crown, you do a turned to stone. But yeah. you can only touch it on one day. And that day happens to be Halloween. Well, didn't she call it all Hallow's Eve? Well, which is Halloween. Which is Halloween, Yes. Yeah, no explanation for this curse and why and how and what Halloween's got to do with anything. But anyway, so that's the deal. The the crown's there. It's in a glass cabinet. They're going to take it. The woman recognises them from from etchings. It's like, you're the goblins or whatever they are. Yeah. It's like, you're the thing. Tells them a story that this is it. Then Voldemort, whatever the other dude's name is, the evil ones. Yeah. They sort of turn up, and they're both going to steal it. And say, oh, and she was actually going to help them out. You're going to have the crown. Here you go. It's all good because they're, they're friendly, and she liked them. And then it was like, oh, no, it's nearly midnight. Don't touch the crown because you'll turn to stone. Then they looked around the room, and there's all these gargoyles in there. It's like, Uncle Frank, Cousin Joe. So, you know. The other line I thought was quite funny, and obviously there's lines in this that are designed for the parents listening to it, but one of the – I think it's Vandal, one of the bad guys, looks at it and goes, oh, that that's Mort, he's my accountant, or something like that. <laughs> it's a real sort of, yeah, it's almost like a Jewish joke, and they just kind of throw it in there for, for, for the adults, I think. It's obviously the kids wouldn't have got anything out of it, but yeah. Yeah, so that was all good. So I was like, oh, no, don't touch a crown, it's nearly midnight, and they start doing a countdown. And then there was magical powers sort of happened. They called a whirlwind. They were trying to grab the crown back and forth. And then the good guys had the crown and they go, quick, grab that catapult, do this. And then they put in the catapult and then the king's like, all right, move it eight degrees left, 12 degrees south or something stupid. Very direct and long-winded descriptions. Then they launched a catapult. There was the the clock struck midnight. There was a flash off screen. And then next, I think we jump cut to the next day. They're back in the cave. Yeah, exactly, with the crown. And then they're like, oh. And then they... They do. They cut back to the the doctor in the in the museum, and she's like, "Oh, we've got this new feature in our garden, this new yeah. statue, and it's Vandal and Vandridge turned to stone and turned into a statue in the in the museum gardens." And, yeah, so, and down down the cave, these king. It's all well and good, hunky dory. Well done, guys. Yes. Classic, you say? Well, a lot of people on the internet are calling it a classic. A lot of people on the internet are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, uh, but, but, that, I, I, but I will give you this. Yeah. When we first watched Emma Dodder's Jug Time Band a few years ago in our first 12 Days of Christmas specials, I think I shat on that the whole way. You probably did. I have come around on that. <laughs> so I'm shitting on this now. 
I may come around on Crown of Bog. Do you know why I might come around? Because it wasn't that? that terrible and it was short. Yeah. The so quality I could easily of- find myself going back to this going, oh, let's watch that shit again. Because <laughs> it wasn't, oh, my God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It was just shit. Yeah. But it was watchable shit. I'll give it that. But classic? Maybe it's like all those other things. Again, there's certain shows you hear Americans talk about that they've grown up with. Like Christmas Story, that movie. They yeah. all t- everyone's talked about it. I've never seen it. It's not a thing. But it seems to be one of those things that gets played every year. So it becomes a thing. And same with the It's a Wonderful Life. I only saw it probably for the first time in the last 10 years. And I love it. But it was never really on telly here. It wasn't a Christmas staple. You know, it's not like in Australia lately we've got village people to bring in the new year with You Can't Stop the Music. But we don't really have those classic hits Christmas. Here's that annual Christmas movie that we put on. We have Christmas traditions and we'll have the carols by candlelight. Yeah. And things like that. But we don't really have that, oh, but you know, it's Christmas Eve because what's yeah. the name is going to be on the telly. Mm. And generally now they'll put Die Hard on because, you know, hipsters. But anyway. So. A couple of observations that I come away from this. So one thing I will say, the quality of it on YouTube isn't great. No. I don't know what I was expecting. I, I very much doubt that there's a, a HD version of this out there because it was never released on DVD. It only ever showed that one time on TV and then I think they rerun it a few years later. But as you said, it, it was like poor man's Muppets. The quality of the puppetry was very good, but it wasn't Jim Henson quality. I guess it was probably the next best thing that you could have to Jim Henson. Paul Fusco's obviously gone a long way after this to create Alf because Alf is a very good puppet, whereas these were just puppets. Some of the lines in it I did get a bit of a kick out of. There's a bit where the doctor in the museum first realises that they are these people from Bog rather than being just kids in costume and she faints and the king goes, oh, that happens to a lot of women around me and I thought that's a pretty funny line and then she comes back around and then they say something else and she faints again and I was expecting him to like crack another joke but he didn't, but yeah. And then later on, as you said, when they're doing their bit with the catapult, uh, I think he shoots off, uh, is it a fire alarm or something or a shield or something off the uh, off the it's wall? Fire alarm, and hits, yeah. yeah, and hits it's Vandal in the head. But it looks incredibly like a boob with a giant nipple. But maybe that's just me as well. That's you. <laughs> you and Freud have something to talk about. Yeah, yeah I, I guess we do. <laughs> but premise enough, as you said, it, it's short. It's compact. There's no real wasted motion in it. There's a couple of funny lines where where they have the explosives explosives, and one of the bad guys is like, well, I've put extra explosives in. The other bad guy's like, well, I've put extra explosives in this as well. And then when it blows up, it's it really blows up sort of thing. But it was inoffensive. Uh, I don't know if Some I of the will... acting was pretty bad. The ch- child actors were pretty oh, bad. Oh, the, the children were terrible. But compared to some of the other things we've watched that have children in, they're obviously no worse than 1980s children. No. But I guess we were children in the 80s as well, so... If we'd have been in TV shows, we probably would have been just as bad. I would have sucked. Mm. But yes. I'm glad we watched it because it was just that sort of quirkiness that we wanted to find in a Halloween special that we'd never seen before. So, yeah. Mm. That being said. I'm glad I I saw it. It was fun. I I didn't hate watch it, but I I crap watched it. (laughs) <laughs> I enjoyed the crap. I got yes. to work. I got to come up with a word for it. Yes, I, I was sitting that there. I enjoyed the crappiness of it. All. I was sitting there wanting to shit on it as well, but really, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> and, and that's a pretty glowing sort of recommendation, isn't it? It yeah. wasn't bad. <laughs> 
But anyway, that's probably a nice place to for us to wrap up the Crown of Bog because there's not much more we could say about it. It, it is oh, out there on we? it is out there I think on YouTube. Probably got if longer you want than the show itself. Almost yes. But this is how we're going to run things for the next little while anyway we're going to pick a topic we're going to have a little bit of a talk and we're going to give our opinions on things so hopefully the reason we love this is because i'm liking the research side of things i want to either i want to expel things that i know already and just have to talk at you and you you're listening so you can't talk back it's the it's the internet podcast or things i don't know anything about and we try and make it interesting or at least i find it interesting and try and tell you all about it and you're bored shitless because why are you talking to me about fried chicken which we have done in the past if you're a new listener yes and i always get a real kick out of when we do the 12 days of christmas and this is kind of the lead up to it i guess yes i'm getting excited already well christmas normally happens after halloween then after your birthday doesn't it so still a little way off before yeah (laughs) Well, yes, but you can't celebrate Christmas until you've had your birthday. Definitely not. That is the way it goes. That's the rule. And Mm -hmm. I'm getting into Halloween. It's funny, people are getting into Halloween a lot more now because I know the other podcast I do, Chris Fresh, is a massive Christmas fan. And he starts in November and it's getting earlier and earlier every year. It's like, just wait, mate. Just let, let Halloween happen, then go for it. And he goes, no. Nah. And he always called Halloween the precursor, the false precursor to the Christmas throne. It's like, it, they're different things. They don't want to be the same thing. You know, they're, they're wrong. Just let one day be its day. You can have the rest of the month. But yeah, he's just anti-Halloween, which I don't like. Yeah. I like the lollies. I like the costumes. I like getting out and having a bit of fun. And I like the skanky costumes. I love it all. So I was like, bring it on. Christmas has its time. It's fine. Yeah. It goes long enough as it is. But I think Easter's longer because as soon as Christmas happens, you get hot cross buns in the store straight away. So that leads in right into Easter for like three and a half months. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's enough about that. Let's talk yes. more about holidays, shall we? Mm. Well, <laughs> yes. Anyway, let's not. Let's just say we did. So as I said, we're, we're hoping to do more regular, shorter episodes. So don't stress that it has been a couple of months since we've had an episode out because the plan is we're going to get right back into it and we're going to bombard you with a lot more little episodes in the lead up to Christmas. And then as usual, we've got some real pearlers coming up for our 12 days of Christmas specials, which is really the highlight of my year. (laughs) Except the editing, but yes. Well, when it's all done and dusted, it's so much easier. (laughs) Shorter episodes mean shorter editing. Yeah, good point. Mm. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. So thank you. I'll just throw it out there that if anyone has seen this before and they, and they want to talk about it, find us on our socials. We're facebook.com slash the massive attack podcast. We are the MA podcast on Twitter. And I'm sure someone has probably heard of this and can sort of say, oh, yeah, I saw that when I was a kid or, you know, I watch it every year, but I very much doubt they do. But if you do, drop us a line. Tell us that we're not idiots. Or tell us that we are idiots and just sort of say, why the hell did you pick this? But, yeah. All righty. And until next time, thank you very much, Mitch. Thank you. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye.